Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 37. Teaching kids to work without being a drill sergeant. And I purposely picked this episode as a continuation of last week's, which was called Momming Like a Boss, Using Corporate Leadership Strategies in Our Homes. And I don't know about you, but that episode inspired me to want to revamp all of my systems and chore charts for my kids and get things under control. And this episode was a really good reminder that I can do that without turning into crazy mean mom drill sergeant. This interview took a little bit of a different turn than I thought that it would, as you'll hear in the episode. And whether or not you agree with everything that's shared, I hope that you will take away something that you can think about. I look forward to hearing from you what you thought. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Yesterday, I walked into a huge mess in our playroom. Legos were strewn all over the floor. Plastic food from the little play kitchen was spilled out all over the table. Costumes were littered everywhere. I bet this is a scene that you can relate to. So I called my little minions into the room and I pointed out all the wreckage and said, it's time for us to pick this up. And as you can imagine, there were moans and groans and lots of dragging of feet. And I could have just left them to clean it up and that would have been fine too. But I decided to make things fun for once. So I said, I'm thinking of a secret item. And they both perked up and sprang into action picking up as many objects as they could at once, hoping that they would be the one to pick up the secret item that I was thinking of first. This time, Noah happened to grab the blue Lego that I had my eye on, and I made a loud ding, ding, ding. And he was so excited and looked around the room and said, okay, now I'm thinking of a secret item. And so Sally and I continued the cleaning spree to see who would pick up Noah's secret item first. I'd like to claim that this fun cleaning game is my own idea, but I am not that creative or fun. (laughs) This game is one of several that I've learned from my super wise friend, Danielle Porter, who is a mom of five kids with another baby due very soon. And I met Danielle several years ago through my work with the website Power of Moms, And I've been so blessed by having her as a friend and a motherhood mentor. She's so deliberate with the way she parents, organizes her time, and truly does her best every day to live her values and to teach the best values to her children. And one of those values is the ability to work. 
I love the way that she teaches her children how to work hard. But of course, when I asked her to come on to the podcast to teach us how to do that, she insisted that she had nothing extra special to share. But I think you will disagree with her and agree with me after you hear this episode that she really is a remarkable mom with so many great ideas. So Danielle, I'm so happy that you're here to talk to us about how to teach our children how to work. Thank you. Wow, that is a that is something to listen to every day. I'm going to play that for my kids at dinner time. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's such an honor to have you on. And I did have to push you a little and ask you a few times before you finally agreed. So I'm so glad you're here to teach us. Oh, well, I'm glad to be here. This is going to be fun because I this helps me kind of get my act together with the phase that we're in. So this is this will be fun. I'm excited to dive in. So okay, well. Let's just start with our takeaways and have you talk to us a little bit about how you encourage your kids to work hard and teach them how to work in your home. So what's your first takeaway? Awesome. So the first takeaway is learn to love routines, which is pretty basic and a lot of people will love it or they will maybe think routines aren't for me. But if you think about it, everything really does like we all have routines, whether we think we're a routine person or not. And one thing that actually kind of comes to mind when we think about teaching our kids to work is that we think, oh, I have to move to a farm or I have to have these really um, hard things in place or I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I thought that for a long time. But then I started to realize how basic things like simple routines, like even for little kids, you know, you can learn life skills, you can do family contributions, if it's music or sports or homework. Routines is the way that like, we'll put things on repeat. So if something matters to you, and you want it to happen again, then that's where we want to start with routine. Um, it makes this, you know, basic framework that you can add on to later, you can, my big one right now, this is where routines are for me is that it takes the willpower out of the picture. Yes. Where, oh my goodness, where it's like, some days it's like, well, I don't want to do the work. And anyway, so a tiny example of this was one day we were coming home from school. I just wasn't super motivated, but it was really cute to hear my oldest that was like, well, mom, after we clean our rooms, can we do this? Because she kind of knew this is the routine. This is what happens. And I was like, oh, that was like this beautiful moment of like, (laughs) something's working. (laughs) She's already looking to plan to clean the room type of a thing. Well, it takes the willpower out of it. And it also somewhat takes the fight out of it because if they already know what's expected and it's just the routine, then it's not you telling them every day and kind of surprising them with the expectation that then they're going to fight against. It's just like, this is what we do and they know it and they do it. Has that been your experience? Totally. Yes. Yes. So the basic, the basic thing that goes with this is just find like maybe one thing, maybe one thing you want your kids to learn how to do. I, I think Candy talked about it in one of your earlier um, episodes, but like you pair it with something else. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Rachel, do you have an example? Like, is there something that you want your kids to do now or later? Like what's something you can think of that you would want your kids to, um, you know, work related? What's something you would want them to do? Um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like we're not, we haven't been very good with routines. Okay, and okay. I feel like that, um, I can see that they're lacking work ethic because I haven't built in routines for them. And so I just end up doing things. So this is an area that I definitely want to work on, but let's just start with a simple one. Like, um, I really want them to start helping me more with 
like setting the table and clearing the table or even doing the dishes. I feel like they're getting old enough now that they could rinse dishes and put them in the dishwasher. But since we don't really have a routine for that, a lot of times it doesn't end up happening and I just end up doing it all after they're in bed. Yes. No, totally. Okay. So what I would do is you give like three, like three really good ones. I would pick one and I would say, okay, we're going to work on setting the table. If that's the main thing you want to work on. And just the, the thing that you'd pair it with is just, you know, eating dinner. Like you're going to eat dinner. You know that that's important. And that's totally on your kid's agenda for the most part, because at some point they'll be hungry. Um, so all you have to simply do is just that one thing gets focused on. We're going to set the table. And if you even keep clearing the table and keep washing the dishes after, but they get good at just helping set the table, then that's a routine that's in place that, that you've can um, later you can add to where you can be like, okay, we did such a great job, you know, setting the table. Now we're going to work on clearing the table. And you don't even have to announce this to your kids. You really don't. But I think sometimes we do that mind thing where we're like, oh, I want them to do everything. <laughs> I mean, this beautiful chart off Pinterest, and then we want it all to happen. And then they kind of balk. And then we kind of are like, whoa, and we throw in the towel and we're like, that's too much. So just right. do like one thing, just one super thing, you know, super simple thing. And your kids are little. So I think sometimes we do expect more, which that's a later takeaway we can talk about. The point with this, though, is when we have some routine in place, which if dinner is a routine, that's in place, like we're having dinner, um, then you can add to it the one thing you want to teach them to work. And how do you because I feel like a lot of times my problem is I'm not super scheduled. I'm not um, very routine person. I'm Mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of like a free spirit. I don't know. I'm fairly disorganized. So I don't even think to like it's not on my radar to have them set the table. Like I'm just kind of doing my thing yeah, and in okay, my own world. Okay. And then I'm like, Oh, dinner's ready and the table's not set. And so I better hurry and do this. So how do I sort of have triggers to remind myself of the routines I want or to build in accountability for them to just do it without me reminding them? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. And I love that. That's a good point because I think, you don't want to pick something that's not a pain point. Like if it's, if it doesn't, if it's not really bugging you or if it's not really, um, like, so, well, I'm just give you an example. Like, so for my girls, I have an 11 year old and an eight year old that are totally capable in a lot of ways. And one big thing for me that just kind of, it was fun to make lunches for a while, but then I was like, I don't actually want to make lunches anymore. So that was kind of turning into something that was hard for me. And it was causing me like, just like one extra thing to do. So I was like, you know what? Like, let's just add this to the routine. So we did this after school routine, which we actually tweaked quite a bit. Like we, it never was like written out from the beginning then just followed perfectly. It wasn't that way, but that was a pain point for me that was important enough for me that I remembered. But what we were able to do is because we already had our after school routine in place, we could just add that, you know, make your lunch, um, to that routine. Yeah. I love that your point is like, I think I chose set the table because I'm like, well, that's, that's a chore you hear about. I should, I should make my kids do that one when really I don't, I don't really (laughs) mind doing it. Like if they're engaged in play and I'm making dinner and then I just throw some plates on the table, it's not a big deal. So maybe that's not a great one to choose because I don't mind doing it. Maybe I should find something that is an actual pain point in our home, yeah, in our family yeah. routine. And then that will be a natural reminder to me. Um, I'll be more inclined to help them build in that routine because it yes, is an actual totally. pain point. 
Yes. And I think that's where we get kind of stuck where, because we do hear these beautiful, like, you know, work systems or like going back to like a chart, we see these things and we like, Oh, well, our kids need to do these things eventually. So therefore we need to, you know, they need to go down this line and do all of them that like, we don't have to be good at everything. <laughs> we don't have to be so hard on ourselves as moms that we, you know, especially with work, especially we think, well, they're not, you know, they're not going to be a capable, competent person unless they learn to do these things, but they're four. So when they're four, we can give them a little bit of slack, which goes into my second takeaway. If you just want to jump into that. Yeah, please do. Um, so the takeaway number two is evaluate expectations, which is kind of trite and doesn't sound very, um, doesn't sound very exciting, but there's two parts to it. <laughs> so one part of it is that it is reasonable and realistic for us to expect our kids to work. Like it is, it totally is. Even if they're little, they can contribute. Um, and then the other end of it is that we have to check in with what we, what we're expecting of them. So we, while we can expect them to help and contribute, sometimes those expectations get a little bit tweaked when we, you know, you hear there's stories where like the grandpa tells about how they worked in the fields and, <laughs> I don't know. It just makes you feel like, well, why don't my why are my kids so entitled or why, why are they, you know what I mean? We kind of do these little mind games where we think that, um, if it's not the way someone else's story was, it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And I catastrophize, or, like I'll think like, well, if she's lazy now at four years old, she's yeah. going to be lazy <laughs> and never accomplish anything in her life. Yep. And it's like, come on, Rachel, like get a little perspective, but I can go it's there. It's hard though. It is hard. And, and I think what's hard too, is I think, for me, as I, I get a lot of pride in work, but I am, I was not always this way. Like I was not a good roommate in college and I didn't know that. Like (laughs) it took me a long time before I realized that, Oh, like I can, like, it took me a long time to realize like I take pride in my work and I like to work for the sake of work. And that's an expectation that I give my kids a lot that I'm like, wait, like that's not on their agenda. Like Mm. kids will do the work because they, you know, for whatever reason, like they have to, or because something else is better that's coming, but to enjoy work or to get pride in work is pretty advanced. Yeah. So I don't think that, I mean, we can teach them that. And that's part of, part of what we can talk about, but yeah. And but you I know, in that, it's normal. in that episode that you referred to with Candy Kid about, um, she taught getting unmotivated t- kids to help is actually the very first episode of this podcast ever. I Mm -hmm. talked about how I was totally a lazy kid who hid in the bathroom when, (laughs) (laughs) when my mom wanted us to do chores. And you know what? I turned out a super hard worker. I'm, Uh I'm still, I I will say that I'm still not naturally a great homemaker, you know, like cleaning and keeping up with stuff isn't my gift. And that was probably true as a child as well. But I've learned how to manage it so that I have a functional, decently clean home, you know, just because as a child, I didn't love to clean and help doesn't mean that I'm never going to learn those skills as an adult. And that's important for me to remember when I'm frustrated with my kids, when they're not just thrilled to pick up and help around the house. Yes, totally. And I have, I, every kid's so different too with personalities where you think one kid does it a certain way. You kind of assume that it will anyways. Yeah, I can totally, totally understand with what you're saying and our skill sets are different. And so sometimes we do have to work just to get it done Mm. and that's okay. Like it's okay for our kids to know, like we contribute just because this needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like this beaming, um, 
you know, like super tidy, perfectly clean room. It can be just enough. And that's an expectation I've had to like settle on sometimes. It's like, this is good enough. Like this is, you know, we did the check marks and we're going to move on now. We're not going to, mm-hmm. um, um, we're not going to like, har- you know, harp on this. And so, but the biggest thing that goes with this expectations that has really helped me and has, has just been having an accountability system. Um, and so this is where, and this can be, this can vary so, so drastically. This can be super simple. It can, it can involve pay. It can be for no pay. It can be, um, you know, popsicle sticks in a jar. It can be a really beautiful chart, but the basic is the basic point is that this accountability system, it actually helps keep expectations in check. So in creating the accountability system, we can kind of see like, okay, what is my kid capable of and what can I expect so that I don't like, you know, when you have a motivated day and you kind of push them harder Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, that's not realistic. It kind of helps me pull back and it also helps me kind of stay on track. So it's for the kid and it's for the parents for that, for that accountability. Mm-hmm. So, so like, what do you mean by it helps you to pull back? So like, if you only have five things on your chart, then mm-hmm. it reminds you not to expect 20 things on a motivated yep. day. Yep. Okay. Totally. Yep. Uh-huh. So we have, yep. We use a family economy that we do like, so like, for example, it, it covers daily things, but also covers some Saturday work that we'll do. And I will have like, it's listed out for them really clearly because I kind of realized with my kids, it's really good for them to see exactly what is expected. And then, and then when I go in there and kind of something's happened during the week, that's like more of a mess. I'm like, Oh, I didn't write that down. Um, that's where I can jump in and help them and do the work with them. And then going back to the first takeaway, I could maybe add that, well, I guess the example I'm thinking of is like a bathroom. Maybe someone, you know, had muddy hands and they had like smears of mud on the wall or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but my daughter's like, well, that wasn't written on my list. And so part of me is like, well, yeah, but you just do it. Like you just do it to keep it clean. And as she's older, that's a skill that we're going to learn, but that's kind of where I can help her see like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like let's, let's teach you this. And then also in the future, let's add it to your chart. But expectation wise, like my four year old is not going to see that and feel like that's a big important thing for her to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but, yes. um, it just, yeah, it takes away the surprises. It helps them, them stay, you know, accountable, it helps me stay consistent, it, especially long-term getting something started with it, with a system does take some time and it takes a lot of you know, like motivation and kind of thinking it through and tweaking. I think that's a big part is it's fine to change it. It's totally fine try it for a week and then see what isn't working for you and then kind of change it up. So I know in power of moms and you and I have both worked with power of moms for a long time now. um, They talk about training your kids, like teaching them how to do the jobs and training them. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about how you have a list of each chore, like the bathroom, so would you actually like list out, this is how you clean a bathroom. Like you have steps for them. Is that how you do it? Yeah. Like I used to say things like, okay, you're in charge of cleaning up the back porch. And then they'd go out there and they'd be like playing. And I'm like, well, why did you do the back porch? And I realized I didn't break it down for them. I have to, I have to specifically say and teach them and do it with them until they understand like all these toys go in this bin. Then we sweep, then we, you know, line up all the bikes on the rack. Then we pick up all the otter pop wrappers. And then we Mm -hmm. like literally every step has to be spelled out. 
Yeah. But then, then it kind of helps me check into, like I said, going back to the expectations and we're not asking too much of them. Um, but it is okay to ask our kids, you know, to do these things and to take pride, um, which we can talk about next if you want. The, the third takeaway yep. kind of talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so takeaway three is being playful and pleasant, which builds on what you started with. Um, I purposely put the word playful, though, because sometimes we think that if it's not a game, like we go two sides, right? One side is like, well, no, this is work. Like we don't need to, we don't have to make this a game for them. They need to just learn to work. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of us is like, well, if it's not fun, they're never going to do it and it's all going to be on me. So I like the word playful because I feel a lot of guilt sometimes when I don't play with my kids, but I am playful with them, meaning I can start, you know, start something like a playful tone or like a funny joke or just like a lighthearted, um, lighthearted approach. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a game, but if you want to make it a game and that helps you, then I would do it because I think that especially little kids, they want you and they want your like happiness. And if they see that you are, you know, excited to be with them, that's going to help their motivation. They're not really caring so much about (laughs) cleaning up the room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like in real life, like an example of this would be, um, like I'll have, you know, my two little girls downstairs and a friend and, you know, they'll make a big mess and I'll go, you know, downstairs. It's like, Hey guys, five minutes, we're going to clean up in five minutes and then we're going to have snack or lunch or something. Just kind of give them a heads up and then, you know, finish what I'm doing and come down and I'll say, okay, it's cleanup time. And it's very rare that a kid's going to like immediately stop doing what they're doing and they're going to start cleaning up. Like that's just not going to happen. Just don't worry about it. Like it's, it's totally fine. Just do your thing. Like be excited, be cheerful. In that moment, you kind of give everyone a job. Okay. You like this. Okay. You get the um, dress ups, you have the blocks and then you just get to work yourself. Like you just say things and this is so cheesy and so dumb, but I literally will say things like, I am so good at cleaning up this room or I'll say <laughs> things like, I love that you guys had so much fun down here. You guys had such a good time. I can't wait till we get to play with these toys again. I mean, like I, it sounds really cheesy and, I, and I'm not being insincere, but I'm also trying to just make it like, like help them see like, this isn't a problem. Like this, this mess isn't a problem. It's not, it's not bad. Like you guys had a great time and now it's just time to put it away. Like it's not, it's not a big deal. That totally fits with like creating positive momentum for them. Like they're Mm -hmm. much more likely to participate in something when there's positive momentum going. Oh yeah. Than when somebody's like, what did you do down here? Get this cleaned up, you know, know. which I've done. I've done all, I promise I've done that too. I've done all of it. (laughs) And even if they lay on the floor, I my seriously, my four-year-old will lay on the floor with her blanket and she'll suck her thumb and she'll watch me. It's fine. It's totally fine. Just going back to expectations, tell yourself, like, I'm here to clean up this room and don't put it on them. And then just, but, but as you do this over and over, it's really fun to see what happens. Sometimes you'll have energy where you're like, all you have, all you have the energy for is just to say, okay, time to clean up. And then you seriously just do it like kind of quietly. You're not like making a big, a big deal of it. And then sometimes you do have the energy to say, Hey, we're gonna do secret item. I'm picking three items. But I promise is if you come down time and time again, then they will pick up the pace. They will. They'll still have a bad day. They're still going to have times that they don't contribute or they put things away wrong or something. Um, But just praise them for what you do see. If someone is cleaning up, 
um, and someone's not, just ignore what's not happening that you don't like and just say, hey, oh my goodness, look how good, look how fast she did that. Or, And it is cheesy and it does sound silly, but when they're like, I think maybe six and under, I think this is like magic. <laughs> I think it, it really does help. And then when they get bigger, you can still be pleasant. You know, or if we do this, then we get to do this next thing. And that's like a good, they have the, you know, advanced skills that they can kind of put things in place where they can see, oh yeah, when I finish my bedroom, that's when we get to do this next thing. Yeah. So that's, I feel like I default to that a lot. Like Mm -hmm. when, when you get those, so if your job is the blocks, I, when you get them picked up, then you can have your snack and then I'm just walk away. Like I'm just not going to engage. Um, but I would even do that with Sally, who's three, like, and I wouldn't give her the snack till she picked up the blocks. And may, and w- so are you saying that you wouldn't do that with your, your daughter who's laying on the floor with the blanket? You would just, if you told her your job is to pick up the blocks and she didn't do it, would you just let it go? Um, that's a good question. So it depends on what I really want. Like if my, if I really want the room clean and then it, it's my problem technically, like they don't care if the blocks are out or not, then I will do it, but I'll do it really cheerful. And I'll like, (laughs) just do it because I want it done. And then sometimes I am like mad in my head because I'm like, why aren't they helping? But then, and then sometimes they will do what you do where I just walk away. It, It kind of depends. And I think this is where it's kind of fun as a mom, where we get to decide like, when is it good to push? And when's it good to step back? I think that um, a perfect example of this is when a kid will say, well, mom, help me. Because my instinct is like, wait, you can do this. Like, you can do this. I don't need to help you. Um, but it's kind of like this halfway mark where they're like, well, I'm kind of willing to be to meet you in the middle, mom, if you'll come in. And so it's, it's been interesting. This is really interesting for me to hear. And I want to try it because I feel like, I feel a little bit of resistance to it. Like, no, Mm -hmm. they need to Mm -hmm. help. Like she needs to do it. She needs to help. And I'm sure that there are people listening who feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love what you're saying about how you've tried it both ways and you've seen that the results are better, even if not in the Mm -hmm. moment than than later. The results Mm -hmm. are better in your home when you have this more positive outlook and you maintain a positive attitude with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give it's it a try. Hard. It's hard. Like it's, this isn't something that, um, that comes easy, but I mean, there's plenty of messes. So you have plenty of times to practice yeah, right? to, to, and to try different <laughs> things and to see what works and, um, mm-hmm. go for it. And one thing that I've also thought about with when my kids say that about, um, help me mom, sometimes I get so frustrated because mm-hmm. by saying help me mom, what they really mean is do it while I sit do it here. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so then I'm like, you're not, I'm I, so then I'm willing to help them, but then they're not participating. And I'm like, you're not helping me. I'm mm-hmm. out of here. Um, totally. So sometimes I will say, no, you can do this on your own. I'm not going to help you. Um, which is fine. But then mm-hmm. I have sometimes struggled with the thought of, but then when I ask for their help, is it okay mm-hmm. for them to say, no, you can do it on your own. I'm not going <laughs> to help you, good. you know, cause I have, <laughs> I have kids that do uh, like my Noah, he, like, smart. he's so, <laughs> so smart, smart and he will like feed me back the same lines, like in a totally different context, but he'll like, oh, that's funny. and I'm like, Oh yeah, that is, Hmm. How do I respond to that? Um, <laughs> so I have thought that before, like, I want them to be willing to help me when I need help. So I don't want to set this culture in our home of, nope, I'm not going to help you. That's your job. 
So how do I, you know, keep this positivity? So anyway, all that to say that even though I am a little resistant to what you're saying about being Mm -hmm. positive about it, I'm going to try it. And it also reminds me of there was an episode on the show with Tony Overbay, who's a Mm -hmm. counselor, a family counselor, and he talks about praising everything that you can. And even, even if your kid is... Like you ask them to do something and they like lift one finger. Like yeah. you, you're like, you're like, thanks for starting to move towards that task, you know, or whatever it is. Yep. Like you basically hijack them into success by like pretending that they're already doing it yes. and praising it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of moves them in the right direction. So this reminds me of that. And even if you want to resort and this sounds like you're bribing and, but it, it really works. Like we, we call it a power up. And so sometimes if everyone's really dragging and no one wants to do the work, I'll say, okay, we're going to do a power up and I'll give them like a mint or a piece of gum or we'll turn on a song or something. To just kind of like, we're all going to get our energy up. Yeah, we're going to. It's time to do it. And, and it's okay. Like, it's okay if, I guess we, you know, we think that if we add a little bit of sweetness to it or a little bit of sugar to it, we're going to like cause this problem. But really like, no, we're just teaching them to turn this into something positive And then. We don't do it every time. We don't get ice cream after we clean up our room every time. No. But if, if something, if you can find something positive to turn, um, to, you know, to create a good experience, then do it. Like, don't, don't hesitate. Just try it, test it out, test it out for a week. And then if you find out, okay, that wasn't very good. I shouldn't give them gum. Then don't do it again. Yeah. But I think it's okay to like be flexible. Yeah. Well, I think we all learned from Mary Poppins, right? That (laughs) spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And like she does the whole like snapping game with the kids to get them to clean up the nursery. And like we could all we could all be a little more Mary Poppins. And I love you wrote an article for Power of Moms with some other ideas for cleaning games. And that's Mm -hmm. where I first learned about the secret item game that we've kind of adapted in our home. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I will link that in the show notes so people can read about some other ideas for cleaning games but I really appreciate you coming on and teaching on this topic and taking it in a direction that I kind of wasn't expecting I was expecting you to just describe the charts and the accountability and that you got to make them do it and it's (laughs) it's refreshing to hear you say how important it is to just maintain those your relationships with them and to teach love and compassion while also having high expectations, but that positivity is going to motivate them more than anything else. I think that is a huge takeaway from this episode. Oh, thanks for saying that. Cause I think that we all, <laughs> we all need like a reboost, like in how we consider how these things happen. And so I think, yeah, just try it, try something, do one thing this week and just see if one thing works. And then the next week, try if, you know, try another thing and see if that helps. Yeah, and-, and I love you that you said like, there's so many opportunities to practice, like endless, oh endless oh opportunities day after day. So give it a try. Oh, and I would say yes. like trying it for one day isn't probably enough to see if it works. Like try it for a week, try this positivity yeah. and yeah. and maybe it'll be a free for all and you'll think, nope, that was too permissive. I have yeah, to crack down totally. more. Or maybe you'll be very pleasantly surprised by the results. So give it a week, try it. And then guess what? You have next week to try something else. <laughs> the message will still be there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, thank you well, so thanks, much. Rachel. This is so fun. Yes. Thanks for asking. This is a really fun, fun conversation. I am excited to try out some of Danielle's strategies this week with my kids. She is a mother of six and she does it so well. And so I believe her when she says that she's tried 
various systems and various attitudes towards work in her home. And this is what's worked best for her. So your three takeaways were to first of all, learn to love routines. And as she pointed out, just start with one thing that you want to make into a routine and work on that and choose something that is a pain point in your home instead of just choosing something that's like a random chore chart that you find online. Takeaway number two, evaluate your expectations and to have an accountability system that keeps you in check so that you don't go crazy asking them to do a million things. And takeaway number three, be playful and pleasant. And I love her ideas for cleaning games. And don't forget to check out that article on Power of Moms, which will be linked in my show notes. But regardless of if you have the energy to play cleaning games, she said just staying positive and patient makes a huge difference in her home. The more that I read about parenting and follow various parenting experts online and on social media, the more I am convinced that love and patience and positivity are the only ways to really change children's behavior and to have the kind of home that I want to have. So I thank Danielle for this advice. I'm going to try it this week and I hope that you will too as you work hard with your families. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at Bandcamp... Uh uh, not now, Stacy. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again. The whole view is exactly that. A comprehensive and holistic look at important topics that likely resonate with you. We also take a body positive approach. And instead of engaging in diet culture, we focus on what the actual medical research says are the healthiest choices in terms of diet, lifestyle, and non-toxic living. And we're not afraid to bust myths that are trending in health conscious communities. Join us to laugh and learn and just feel like you're hanging out with your two nerdiest besties. Check out the Whole View podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.